0: Welcome in to Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes. Excellent throw and catch, just gets inside, uses his big body. No answer for number 87. And former NFL linebacker Joe
1: Mays. Mays missed him first. In a typical North Dakota state toughness, Mays got up and stayed with it and got Newton from behind. <laughs>
0: Players Only, presented by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. What's going on, Kansas City Chiefs
2: Kingdom? Players only. We are back like every Thursday. Well, we wouldn't have been back today if the Chiefs would have played today, but we'll get back to that a little later. This is players only, and we got my partner Joe Mays in the building. What's happening? Former linebacker with the Chiefs. This guy, Sean Barber, (laughs) keeps figuring out a way to get in the studio when we have our show. Hey,
1: he got on the denim jacket today.
3: Yeah, man, that's Tommy Bahama, dress. Dog. and
1: that's dress up for him. Yeah, That's dress yeah. up. I'm rocking
3: the to- My man yeah. Andy Reid showed me the, the he showed me the light. Man, Tommy Bahamas the way to go.
2: It, you don't have no flowers on it or anything, though.
3: No. It's on the inside, man.
2: Oh, it's coordinate. It's one yeah, of them. You, you <laughs> got coordinate, coordinate.
3: On
2: the inside, bro. <laughs> that's Sean Barber, former linebacker with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I am Danon Hughes, former wide receiver, the only sane mind on this panel. Wow, offensive guy. Wow, but uh, yeah, these guys defense, you know, they represent too, so we gotta have them. Anyway, guys, okay, we're in players only. Yep. There's some words. There's a lot going on. You know, we'll talk about Le'Veon Bell and this Chiefs team, but there's one statement that I have to open the show up that I would have never, ever, ever thought I would say. Players only coming to you a week after losing to the Raiders yeah. at home. Yeah. Like those words would have never, ever come to my mind that I would ever have to say in life on this show.
1: Talk about a smack in the face. It was, yeah. Man. I mean, you you kind of expecting it. Uh, you kind of expect for the Raiders to come in and play hard. I mean, it's a rivalry game. Yeah, that's expected. But to actually lose, that's 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 totally different. It's a, it's a huge smack. But yep. you know, it's not going to set us back. Yep. Well, as we get in the
2: first quarter of this show, we'll get barbershops. Uh, mindset from the game he does the chiefs pregame show also chiefs rewind each week home or away games got to check them out but our first quarter is sponsored by our friends at u.s bank whatever your passion u.s bank can help turn it into your next pursuit shop. did you lose to the raiders i mean like what, what what's your uh, perspective of this this you last know, game?
3: I, I kept looking back at myself. I don't even realize who I lost to and who I didn't. I, I, I keep trying to tell you about this growth mindset, this process over product. You don't lose, you win or you learn. So yeah, I, I took a lot of lessons. I had a lot of times where the, oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> you should be the you should be the smartest cat in this room. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you hear him kick some knowledge? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was real.
3: I've, knowledge. I have gained a lot. I got a wisdom Dang. and knowledge. A lot of lessons learned. But but losing that's not that's just not you know like. Yeah, that's not part of my vocabulary.
1: Uh, it's Not my an vocabulary. option. Not yeah. no. option.
3: It, it was it was never an option because losing to me is a is a state of giving up of, uh, or not putting your best effort forward, not 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 being prepared. I think the team was prepared. Mm-hmm. I think the guys showed great effort. The one thing I think that happened out there on that field, I just think I think there were some um, communication errors. Yep, I think of some alignment assignment errors, and those things just were um highlighted and um, the Raiders take the hat, out, hat off to them. They took advantage of it. And every time they took advantage of it, it was for six. It was it was downtown. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. big plays. Um, I think we gave up five plays of over twenty yards. That yep. was I mean for a team that's been together, um, um like this team and defense have been together it, it was those big gashing, big chunk plays that, that really surprised me. But then I realized when I look at the schedule, you know, the Raiders were about to enter a bye week. And we know as players, when, you're, when you get that bye week and the coach dangles that carrot, hey, you win this game, I'm giving y'all yeah, that back. Yeah. If you on. lose it, yeah. we practicing every day. Yeah. Yeah. That brings a little bit different fire, right? <laughs> that desire, that attitude comes to the table, yep. and I think that I think they did have when you talk about the the energy and attitude. The Raiders had that box checked when it came to um the game this past. Summer. Yeah,
2: I will say, you know, this was like their Super Bowl. They get they're the little step brothers that get beat up by the older brother. All the time. I mean, I remember I don't remember how many times I won or lost against the Broncos. I don't remember how many times I won or lost against the Chargers. And back then we played the Seahawks that was in the AFC West. I don't remember how many times I won or lost. But I do know I was eleven and one versus the Raiders. Really? And for some reason, that's the one matchup. Maybe it was because of Marty Schottenheimer and he hated the Raiders, but that was the one matchup that seemed to be targeted. Besides the bye week, like we always do as players, you get the schedule coming out in May, you look, okay, where's about bye week? Mm-hmm. How many Monday night games, Sunday night, Thursday night games we got? Okay, then where do we play the Raiders? When do we play the Raiders and where? And uh, so, yeah, it was definitely more personal to me as, a, as far as a rivalry. But even going back to this game, I thought it was like their Super Bowl. And we didn't give them a shot or at least an extended amount of time to recognize that we were the big brothers mm-hmm. in that game. You know, I mean, and I'll give credit to John Gruden. He's got those guys coached up much better this year, more disciplined than we've seen them in the past. Yeah. Uh, they don't make as many mistakes as they used to, but those mistakes in the past usually came because they was ready to give up. Yeah, They were getting beat. They recognized they were getting beat, and they were ready to give up. And Derek Carr, he, didn't, he barely got touched in the game, didn't tee off on him. We didn't have much heat in his face to disturb him. He got way too comfortable. And you guys, I don't know, I know you're a bison, so you guys are used to winning a lot of football in college. (laughs) He's a spider. (laughs) I'm sure that was (laughs) 50-50, you know, on wins and losses. Oh, I shouldn't say losses. That's when you learn that whole mindset. Wins and learns. As as a spider, (laughs) I I can understand. (laughs) Thank you. And then I'm a Hawkeye, so we wasn't really used to losing very much at all. But there's something about when you look up, at the scoreboard and you're going into halftime and you may have come into the game hoping and wishing that you could win this game mm-hmm. and recognizing you're playing the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champs and how great this team is, Super Bowl MVP, all this good stuff. And you look up at the scoreboard and are like, oh, it's tied. Yeah, We're in this game. And I remember we played the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And I remember Mark Collins, who obviously played the Dallas Cowboys two times a year, most times every year when he's with the Giants, we came in at halftime. I think there were some people in the locker room that was kind of like, whoa, like we're in this game, like surprised. And he came in, he's like, hey, now y'all can wake up. Y'all belong on this field too. And that kind of, you know, jolted me when I was watching this, when I was calling this game from the booth, me and Mitch, that I was like, these guys, we gave them an opportunity to believe they belonged on the field with this Chiefs team. And they win, and they snatched it in the second half. And and I mean, so what do you do? This was a a time I think it's a wake up call. I'm not saying it's a moral victory or anything like that. I mm -hmm. think it's a wake up call that some of the things we were able to get away with and win games in the first four weeks, we couldn't get away with in this game. Ten penalties. I want to say that we had a stat that our average third down was third and nine or third and ten. You can't win putting your back up against the wall like that. and nah. uh, But I think it's a learning experience, and these guys were jolted back to reality about the business at hand and just recognizing, regardless of what the um, the uh, the people in Vegas say, every single week on any given Sunday, any given Monday, you can be beat by anybody in the league.
1: Absolutely. And
2: uh, that that shows you. Now, the Raiders are going to be a solid team. I don't think they'll be a playoff team, but they'll be a solid team.
1: I mean, you know what? I, th- I think uh... – you know when you watch that game and you watch the games like the two maybe two or three games previous to this one you just kind of realize that something was going to happen mm-hmm. i think ever since the chargers came and 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 played us just as well as anyone has played us within the last couple of years as far as defensively and being able to only rush four guys and and put so much pressure on our offense And you got to think every single team after that. They watching film. They they watching how can we get out there? How how can we affect this offense? Because Patrick Mahomes, he's shown. I mean, you know, he's the best player in the NFL, far none. But how can we stop him? How can we slow him down? Every single thing that 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 teams have previously come up with. It hasn't worked. He's thrown for three hundred some yards. He's made the plays with his legs. How can we how can we affect him as, as much as anyone has affected him before and, and kind of throw this offense off? And the simple answer was rushing four. Yeah.
2: They rushed three men and four men. They lined five yeah. men at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Sometimes they rushed three and they spied one. Sometimes they rush four and they spied one. And yeah. that one was right in the middle of the field. It was Littleton. Uh, it was either him or Kwiatkowski that was in the middle of the field, yep. basically five, ten yards away from the line of scrimmage, right in the middle of the field, mirroring wherever Patrick Mahomes went. Yep, And yep. that took away your, your uh, middle routes. It took away some of your short sp- spot routes mm-hmm. that you would u- usually run Sammy on or you see Travis run a little eight-yard hitch. It took a little bit of that away because he just stood right in the middle. And part of the reason why he felt comfortable or that defense felt comfortable employing that is because our guys on the outside weren't really doing a, a good enough job uh, getting open and creating easier throws and separation. I thought Patrick got a little antsy, and he even talks about it. He said, maybe I, I'm, I escape the pocket early a little bit too often. I mm-hmm. need to be I need to be more stout in the pocket because once he flushes, now he threw one across his body, but you're not going to make a habit of doing that in the game a lot. But once you flush right, all you got to do is throw right. All the options is right. So if your receivers are running on the other side of the field, you are by yourself on an island with maybe one receiver down the field. So it was a good game plan. Mm-hmm. I give them credit. I think if we score on that first drive and Kaleche Osemele doesn't have the holding, which I thought was a garbage call, um, we that would mean we would have scored four straight times to open the game. And I think that would have been something that would have brought the Raiders back to that old reality of crush you know, crumbling in that situation because you, you come into Arrowhead and you kept that, that Arrowhead 17,000 alive by scoring four straight times in the, in the fashion that you were doing it. Yep. I don't know if there's another team that would have been able to survive that.
1: It would have been a different ballgame for sure. But I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've never been one to try to come up with excuses where if this would have happened, we would have won. And I get what you're saying. But I think at the end of the day, we have to realize that we lost. Yeah, we just lost. Just got, we happens. just got beat. You know, and it happens. And I think from here, you, you, of course, you take what Sean said. It, it's a learning. It's a lesson learned. I
2: thought we put that to bed last week. I
1: mean, I did, thought we, did we. Oh, oh. So I wasn't here last week. So I didn't, uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know what was put to bed and what's still alive. But you know, I, I still. I, of course, I got Sean call him plagiarized that. Did he really? From, yeah. From, from from who? From I, I, what?
3: Thank you. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? like, Nostraday- like. <laughs> He plagiarized it from Nostradaynon. That's what he did. I think we went to the text line, and text line had my back. He still – he just – Well, he
2: just had his six kids t- text in. <laughs> <laughs> had to say, they all had the same 913 area code. Oh, man. Oh. I got five kids. They didn't even send anything for me supporting me. <laughs> Ain't that a shame. But uh-huh. I will say, we got the text line open, 913-576-7610. Text line and phone line is open. We got from eight one six, Jonathan Abram, a true Raider and a main component of that team right now. I will say, that dude can play. He now can. we saw last year he's a little reckless. He's kind of old school. He's trying to take people's heads off. Mm-hmm. Going to get fined a lot. I like it. You know, reminds me maybe of a younger Rodney Harrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, like but it. he played a really good center field for them when they when they did drop and he had center field as far as three cover three. And we ran double posts, and we ran some combos that he had to play in the middle to take away both and not jump a route, and he did a solid job. And he talked some trash, too, which I kind of like. He talked a lot of trash, not just just some. He was on kickoff coverage. He was on defense. I think he was on other other special teams. So, yeah, he's definitely a a leader out there that you can tell – He's kind of like the honey badger of that defense right now. he's the he's the catalyst.
1: I just hate this jersey. I mean <laughs> if it's one thing that I can dislike about somebody about him, Personally, it's just his jersey. I mean, jersey? the big sleeves, is, it's terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look like Peyton Manning playing safety. You got to show the <laughs> guns. Suns <laughs> out, guns <laughs> out. Exactly. Well, why would you have something so loose? I'm pretty sure he can move around a little bit uh, back there. So, uh, yeah, man. I, I mean, you know, it, yes, he's a great player. And he's exactly who they thought he was, you know, when they first when they brought him in in the first round. And he's going to continue to get better and, and uh, you know, try to be somewhat of a—, of a uh, of a mantis to this Chiefs team yeah. going in the future So,
2: well we come upon the end of the first quarter I guess there's some breaking news out there we got to talk about but I, I think I got a little different spin on it from guys that have been in the locker room have seen free agents come and go big names on the field with us and off and there's some big news that we can accompany with that but I want to hear you guys' perspective on just the the influence, the newness of somebody coming in during the season we'll talk about that next
0: This is Players Only with Danan Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio.
2: And we're back. Second quarter, Players Only. We got Sean Barber, Joe Mays, and I am Danan Hughes in the house. Our second quarter is sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Guys, there's uh, some big news we got the text line open 913-576-7610. Uh before we get to that big news, we got uh barbershop from the 660. Barbershop, he's almost into the Philip Rivers territory with his kids. <laughs> I'm far I think Philip got about
3: 11, right? So I think he nine? got like 8, Is it 8, it or eight, eight or nine? Or 9. Yeah. Oh, and,
1: and and him and his wife homeschool all of them. All
3: of them. Well, I ain't homeschooling none of mine. So <laughs> I'm, uh, Don't have to you, you,
2: huh? you said they, they, they just lucky they got a home. They, they, you allowed them in your home? That's what it is? You got home, you got uh, food.
3: Man, nah, man. My kid, I got some great kids at the oh, house. Oh, yeah. Man. I got uh, Niko, Noah, Zara, Deacon, Xander, and Cade, my boys. You and had to close your princess. eyes and think about it oh. like that. You had to hey, get if it. I forgot one, I would hear about it, so <laughs> hey,
1: make sure I get all of them right. Don't end up like Cromarty. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? <laughs> you sit that count on fingers, Nah, and I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm
3: good. But now we get... Hey, we can cut the Twitter back on, right? Now Now that uh, Le'Veon is here, we shut Twitter down for the day so we could get the deal done, and now we can cut Twitter cut back it. on.
2: Yeah, that's how much power we got, man. Yeah. So, yeah, Le'Veon Bell is the big news, getting signed with the Chiefs, a huge addition. Yeah. And it's going to be talked about and analyzed, his production with the Jets. Is he over the hill? Eight years in, former second-round pick, you know, has done damage against the Chiefs, and now he joins the Chiefs. What can he bring to the table? But when I started to think about this, when all the whispers started coming about Le'Veon Bell after he got released, I started to think about my time in the locker room. Did we have superstars signed? The impact of those superstars, my experiences with superstars or free agents that are signed either in the offseason or during the season. And then I made it personal. I was like, okay, well, there was that guy signed at the wide receiver position and how did that dynamic work? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I know you guys, we chatted about this offline. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the only person I could come up I mean, we signed Leslie O'Neill, who was a, a, a great teammate, cool dude. Le, uh, Chester McLaughlin, who was a really good teammate, cool dude. We signed Andre Risen, Derek Alexander. We signed free agents that really blended. The only person that could come to my mind was uh, – my man added out of Florida, wide receiver, Brett Perryman, mm. just didn't latch on. I mean, he was cool with a lot of dudes, but, you know, there was just a dynamic there. Yeah. If I see him today, we're cool. I give him a pound, hug, chat it up, whatever. But there just seemed to be something that wasn't, you know, the glue wasn't there like everybody else. Right. So from a player's perspective, you know, we got Le'Veon Bell coming in. You're going to hear all the politically correct answers and, que- you know, responses from Patrick to uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and everybody else about embracing him. Yeah, we, you know, he's part of the family now. Yep. But, but what's the real? Like, you know, you always wonder about the real. And I know the fans out there and the people in Chiefs' kingdom because we got something great going on, a dynasty in the making. And now you got a little, little
3: curveball thrown in. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, you realize you're a diva. It's like all Whoa. wide receivers, y'all oh. divas. Oh, my It's, like, it's like y'all taking somebody to come into the room. It's like, oh, he going to sit in my chair? He going to eat my food? <laughs> now, you at, told me. Gonna, don't make at, me put you on blast about what you went through in, 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 with the Redskins. I'm about, and, to, I'm about to explain that. Okay. I'm about to go right into the <laughs> Redskins. you ain't just going to be talking about right? me. So these diva wide receivers always got issues with, with possessions and thinking somebody's coming in and taking their shine and stuff because that's the uh, that's like the, the nature of the, of the wide receiver position is – is they want the ball, throw me the, you know, your T- Terrell Owens, throw me the, the ball and all that kind of stuff. On defense, we got a little bit more of a, a, a kumbaya. It's, it's all about the the one of 11 type mentality. Now, I was a part of a defense, went to the playoffs. Myself, Kanaar Lang, uh, S- S- um, uh, Sam Shade, um, uh, D. Green, Daryl Green, and Champ Bailey. And between that year, we, uh, we got beaten the playoffs, and they decided to come back, and they wanted to revamp the defense. So we brought in... Bruce Smith, we brought in Deion Sanders, we brought in uh, Mark Carrier. And those three guys were brought in because they had Hall of Fame status, they had playoffs um, they, it, pedigree, yeah. pedigree, and, and, and their skills were thought that they could just come in in one offseason and and make this defense from a uh, you know top 20 defense to a top five. And they didn't realize that the camaraderie of uh, being around each other and the love that we have for one another, that's what made that – to a 1998 defense so good and playoff worthy and you can't just you can't just substitute and, and shuffle and shell game guys on the defensive side because we we, we do have that one of 11 mentality all 11 guys got to be playing together for the defense to be effective I just don't feel that same way about offense I think if a running back has a certain skill set can run has patience got explosion um, quickness got great hands can, can, can block on the pass coverage. And I think Le'Veon checks all those boxes. I don't see how in, in, in an offensive side of the ball, because you don't have that same one of 11. You just got to go do your job and possess the ball, hold on to the ball. And when the ball's in your hand, you do what you do, Le'Veon Bell. And I think that uh, Andy Reid and Bell bien, bien- and are going to find a way for that guy to, to really uh, showcase his skills at another level uh, once he's here in Kansas City
1: now i I've, I've been a part of teams where where you know big name guys have come in mid season and that's kind of it, it got it got kind of tricky and a yeah. little fishy i mean not it wasn't necessarily a personal like you know it was like a personal vendetta towards anyone or uh, you 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 see guys talk about them in a bad way or anything want to fight or anything like that it's more so well this team doesn't believe in me yeah in order for in, in order for them to go out and bring someone in at my position and then as soon as they bring them in, let them get first team reps over me. I've seen that happen plenty of times. Oh yeah. And 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 that's something where it kind of creates that riff in, in the locker room. Um, whether it's a player just, you know, not really, you know, liking the organization for doing what they're doing towards that player, um, or just that player losing the confidence. Yeah. Because the coaches just all of a sudden don't believe in them and bring someone in to to basically just Change Jamar on out,
2: and you, and you know what? Even adding to that, Joe is you go through the draft. You make it through the draft. They didn't draft anybody, or they did draft somebody, and you can. He's already worked himself behind you on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. You go through free agency. They didn't really pick up anybody that was going to compete. Now all you've heard from OTAs, training camp, preseason. Into the regular season is we got a winning ball club. You guy. guys are yeah. you guys are the winners. You guys go out there and do it. You guys put in the work. You guys are, are controlling your own destiny, and then you come in on a Monday or a Tuesday on your day off, and you see Joe, former Pro Bowl or whatever mm-hmm. guy, won't working out.
1: You got fired on your day off. Yeah,
2: and now now you now you come in like come you said on, on, on Wednesday. It, yeah, on Wednesday and somebody's in the, on the depth chart. Tied with you or getting reps or hey, hey, help this guy get uh indoctrinated into the offense. Help yeah. him with the lingo, blah, blah, blah. And like you said, he's my boy, he's my brother. There's no riff. But in the back of your mind, as a player, you're like, dang, I done done everything I could possibly do to secure my spot and help this team win. We ain't losing. We're not we're not the Detroit Lions or the Buccaneers in the past that was 0-16. We just, you know, we 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 there. We're right there. Yeah. My team's. We were always right there. Yeah. As far as winning the AFC West and playing in the playoffs. So yeah, I think that dynamic, and nobody's saying that Le'Veon Bell won't help this team. From the nine one three, a veteran helps running backs. Yes. Nine one three Bell wants prime time. Eh, of course. I mean yeah. everybody wants some. You want some shine. Everybody wants shine. And if you have been there before, just like this Chiefs team at the Super Bowl, Le'Veon Bell and the perception that he wants prime time. And if somebody is downgrading him because of that, that would be like the same people downgrading the Chiefs because they want to go back to the Super Bowl. Yep. Like you've you've tasted that, and now you're gonna say, well, he wants that. Well, that yeah, everybody wants that. You want a Super Bowl. You want Pro Bowls. You want you want those accolades. You want to still be on top of the mountain. It, to me, that's not an automatic. Now, if it creates dissension, or you got a guy like Le'Veon sitting on the bench. Because he's not going in the game, so he's not even going to stand up there by Andy Reid or talk to Eric Bieniemy. Now that's a whole different dynamic. But just the fact that a star wants to, he wants to be amongst the constellation that will shine the most, or allow him to shine the most. I don't think that's something negative.
3: And and can we talk about what got Le'Veon to this point? Because the Le'Veon I remember that was running for the Pittsburgh Steelers was a guy that brung his lunch pail, did everything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, was, was overused, right? Was being I mean, beat up by the amount of carries he was getting, never complained about getting the ball, and always was ready to uh, answer the bell. And the only time it became an issue was when the franchise, right, the organization promised not to franchise him going into that next season because they already franchised him once, mm-hmm. and they said that they could not do his long-term deal because they had to take care of Big Ben and Antonio Brown. So he's, he he played good soldier. And, stood, but, and still came and, and uh, played on that franchise tag with no protection, yep. right? No long-term protection. And they still ran the mess out of him, right? Yep. Didn't worry about protecting them for the next uh, contract. Contract, yep. And that's then true. had the nerve to franchise him a second time. And that was the reason he decided to go ahead and say, all right, that's enough. Like like I told you last year, I did not want to be franchising. And not only did you have the nerve to do it, but you're going to do it to me again. Like yeah. I think that's where the trust between the organization and the player broke down and when you don't have trust you don't have anything right no. if you can not yeah. if you don't trust that organization really has your best interests it's no use you going out down that with that black and yellow anymore because all everything is lost at that yep. at that point in time And
2: then you go yeah. to an organization that, although they give you a lot of money they haven't garnered with Adam Gates they hadn't garnered any trust uh-huh. built up for you building that team not making you basically a, a, a punching bag and tagged all over the place with no opportunity to really flourish there. So there's a rebuilding in Le'Veon Bell's mind right now. Mm-hmm. There's a resurgence almost like what we saw with LaShawn McCoy last year where he could capitalize in this, in this environment. And Andy Reid, there's probably no other coach that has more respect garnered amongst players across the league than Andy Reid. And that's why I think it'll be a solid move. All right, we're at halftime. Players only. Joe Mays, Danon Hughes, and our guest in studio. Are you still a guest? I am always a guest. Dang. All right.
3: Well, <laughs> we're going to change the locks <laughs> on this guest to coming up. Spot. I get a prime parking spot because I'm still a guest. You parked in a handicapped spot? Man, go ahead,
1: man.
3: Man, <laughs> man. Andy, Andy got the jacket,
1: man. Come yeah, he you jacket
2: on. he got a jacket on. He got a dress code up in yeah, here. Man, but we're at halftime now. Players only. When we come back, everything's being shook up around the league with this COVID craziness. And schedules and routines are going by the wayside. I want to talk about some routines and how that can impact you as a player. We'll talk about that after halftime.
0: This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio.
2: And we're back. Halftime's over. Players Only in the building for the third quarter. Sponsored by our friends at US Bank, whatever your passion, US Bank. Home mortgage, business loans, whatever you need, they are there to help turn it into your next pursuit. Guys, we are uh, upon week six in the NFL, and we got a lot of shakeup. A lot of shakeup that I think a lot of people were hoping would not happen, but you'd be crazy if you didn't expect it to happen. Mm -hmm. Games moved. We got our third Monday night game, or I guess you can call this Monday late afternoon game. In now, which will be coming upon six weeks. Uh, The routines. I was, I guess I can kick it off. I was a, back then, for most of my career in high school and college, I was a very, very superstitious person. Mm. Very superstitious. Now, for many people that may not know, I am a huge baseball guy, and it's not uncommon for baseball guys to be very superstitious. You know, you got your same bat, your batting gloves, how you wear your socks. You know, your uniform, you know, if you wear a certain thing, you didn't strike out, so you wear it again. All that stuff manifested itself in basketball and baseball and football for me growing up. I don't know how it would have functioned. I, I'm sure that I would have made adjustments, but I don't know how I would have functioned knowing my routine was set. Like, I remember going into the locker room, Bud Epps, great trainer for the Chiefs, him and Dave Kendall. Bud taped my ankles every game. Mm-hmm. Only Bud. Tape the right ankle first, not the left ankle. Don't touch the left ankle. Don't look at the left ankle. Just tape the right ankle. <laughs> right? Every single game of my career, the same kind of tape job, up to up to height on my, on my calf, just the same height, everything uniform. And um, he touched my left ankle once, and I stopped. We had to stop the tape job. I walked out, took the tape off, walked back to my locker, restarted my whole game routine. Threw everything off. Threw everything off, put my music, Rewinded my diss man back to the beginning, Oh, and went back oh. in there, <laughs> and I said, what's up? I said, what's up, bud? Like I had just seen him for the first time of the day. What's up, bud? All right, go ahead, go ahead, do your work. So the routines, I know, I mean, game week, game day, that's just a fun way, but, you know, your game week routine is real. When you lift heavy, when you lift light, mm-hmm. when you... Do more cardio when you don't, and why? And then your game day, what you eat, and twelve o'clock noon games, what you gonna eat? Five o'clock, I mean six o'clock games, what you gonna eat? Uh, Monday night or, or on the road, what are you gonna eat? These are all things. I don't know if y'all had the same mindset as me, but it almost got to the point where a pregame or a week game week. The work I was doing to stay within my superstitions <laughs> was harder than the preparation <laughs> for the actual game
1: of whoever we was playing. Wow. You know what? No, nah, I, I never really had any superstitions. I think that's more of like an offensive wide receiver. D-able oh, see? Thing. No,
2: oh boy. Again. I'm yeah, going to yeah, Lo- get Kevin Lockett or somebody in here to balance this whole offense, defense man, thing Man, stop,
1: stop dating yourself. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> man. <laughs> yeah, this, this man. This man, that, that was more than enough.
2: <laughs> what y'all have? Barbershop, you ain't that much younger than me, so don't even try it. iPods, dog. Yeah, iPods. iPod phones. You got I you mean, had a walk, man. Don't try it.
1: There you go. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah well, the, the disc kept skipping.
2: Shoot, <laughs> I had to tape. I had to tape it to my side so it didn't ju- bop bop around. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: I, you know what? The only thing that the only thing that I, that I really had or I've done every single week on game day was go full body down in the cold tub on game day. On game day. Oh wow. I mean, I, that, it was it was one of them things where I right, well I got I got as a linebacker. As a guy that just loved to hit, I knew I needed to set the tempo week in, week out. I had to be the guy in the middle setting the tempo. And I knew that, you know, I was gonna be throwing my body around. So, you know what? Let me make sure I go ahead and get that thing refreshed so I could be feeling good. So I would go ahead and dip, right? Dip all the way down in the cold tub and just sit there. Oh, wow. Yeah. I never
2: did, I never iced before games because I always thought it would make me tighten up. Yeah. It would always
3: be about heat. Yeah. What about you, Shop? See, that's Dana thinking again. Uh huh. I was at my office guy. They think they know so much. I yeah, to I, gotta I, I, gotta to touch, I got to move. I got to run. I got y'all. I got you idiots trying to
2: chase me down and tackle <laughs> touch, me. I so I got to run my away. Right,
3: my right pinky toe before you even <laughs> Shoot, move. Don't touch, if, Dave, don't touch the left foot,
1: Bud. Don't touch the left foot, Dave. Don't touch
3: the left foot. I ain't never heard somebody be so extra about a day job in my life. And you hey, trying
1: to blame baseball? Yeah, because I play baseball. Hey, we have
3: same so pregame no, meal, nah. same pick up the newspaper, got, same everything. I understand the nutrients. I understand the meal party because like four hours for kickoff, I do the pasta. You know, three chicken breasts. Had me some watermelon. Had me some bananas. Potassium. Always. Oh, you he sh- thinking healthy. Um pickle he juice. He a
1: lot. It sounds like. Oh. Yeah,
3: yeah. Eat the pickle juice because I, I made my system. I burn it all off. Have mm. you know, sit on the throne for a little bit, get it all out. Call it a day, and then uh, everything after that was just hydrate, hydrate, fluids. I was a you know very lean player, so I would go through you know always have to deal with cramps and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah,
1: Peter
3: So I yeah, Peter Light. Um, I always had to deal with preparing my body for what I was going to deal with after the game, which was cramping and body cramps and all that kind of stuff. And so I, it was just, I knew it was a certain, uh, retriment re- and low, um, uh, yeah, a certain routine I had to go through as far as my nutrition, hydration, and stuff to make sure I was ready to you know, mean, play four quarters, five quarters. Y'all
2: was above me. Y'all was like Jack Lane compared to me. I, your your
3: Gatorade bottles were still glass probably, right?
2: No, yeah, they was.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I ain't even drinking. I drank.
2: <laughs> uh, let me tell you, you all know my pregame, my morning meal before every practice and every game of my entire career? What's that? Two Hostess cupcakes oh, Whoa. and a can of Sprite.
1: And I'm a on? cigarette every, and a cigarette, <laughs> camels. No, nah, wow, I know camels. That's <laughs> the that's them old school players smoking the cigarettes Ew. in the locker room hey, halftime. Hey baby. man, every
2: morning on the way out, had a, a stock full in the pantry of Hostess cupcakes every day. Oh man, every day, and and you a, come and on a
3: some, some Breakfast of champions. You know what I mean? But I ain't cramp up.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he eating cupcakes with superstitious. I mean, come on. No. Oh, no, oh, What is about funny.
2: being favored and underdog? So we got the Chiefs going to Buffalo, and we are favored. Part of that is because the Buffalo Bills just got beat up by the Tennessee Titans. I mean, I don't – I mean, I guess when I think back on my career, anything that the coaches – or any of those crazy players that are in the locker room, the Tim Grunhards, the loud guys, Greg Minuski, the screaming guys in the Mm -hmm. locker room, anything that they could bring up. They don't believe in us. They got us as underdogs. Mm -hmm. This is our house, blah, 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 all that stuff. That's the only time I really thought of it. Like, I I didn't believe in the bulletin board material. I already hated you as an opponent anyway. (laughs) I didn't really need anything that I could read. Like, you kicked my dog. You said something about my mama. You know, you, 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 you spit in my face. Like, I hate you for this 60 minutes. Yep. And afterwards, we go have a beer in the parking lot or whatever. But need six to me. I don't want to talk to you. I ain't. I ain't helping you up. Uh, I don't care if you get hurt. They gotta come get you. Just bring the next cat in. I it, like that was my mindset. But yeah. the whole underdog thing. Where like where y'all sit with that?
1: I, I've never. I've never even read into being an underdog or being you know favorite a favorite? in the yeah. game. Yeah. No. I I think because uh, I've been in way too many games where we lost to teams that we weren't supposed to lose to and we beat and we surprisingly beat some teams when we wasn't when we were the inferior team. I yeah. mean, that has happened. That happens. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's no re- it's no reason to sit there and watch and see who the underdogs are or what cuz I mean, of course, you want a little bit you want a little bit more fuel to the fire, of course. Oh yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, just being a professional football player and and you know, being able to go out there and do what you dreamt of doing that's more than enough. And then you get you add the bullet bulletin the bulletin board material like you talked about earlier. That was something that I think we fed into. It was it, because that that right there it affected us directly It's them is is them talking about us. Yeah, them versus us. Them
2: versus yeah. us.
1: We already knew it's, the, it's them versus us, but them talking about us as if we can't hang with them or we can't beat them or we can't do certain things. I think we I fed into that more than anything else.
3: Yeah, I didn't I didn't really keep keep track of spreads and stuff while I was playing in it. At the end of the day, you realize you're, you're detailed in your job and what you uh, assigned to do is such a minute type uh, responsibility, attention to detail. Like me and Joe, we linebackers. We got to line up in the A-gap. We got an assignment. We got to follow the fullback. We got to be able to trace him back to the running back. We got to get that running back down. We don't have time to realize if we a seven-point underdog, three-point underdog. Well, that's underdog, during the game. I'm talking about uh, pregame. It, 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 at, the, at the end of the day, line up in your gap. I don't care who the running back is, who the fullback is. I don't care what the offensive line is. Two I things still, can be true at once. I still got a line of my a gap, and anybody that's gonna come see me in that a gap. i gonna have to peel see, my. Yeah, that's
2: that's that's why y'all blockheads at linebackers. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, because that's what, what y'all mindsets I, are. But, but,
1: but I mean, he's not mentioning all the other things that go into our mind too, like knowing where everybody's supposed to be on every single defensive call that's being called. So yeah. that's that's something that that we so that just, always. Or, have or to maybe
2: have, he didn't know that.
1: Nah, he knew that. <laughs> he knew that. But you know, he wanted he wanted to kind of break things down for, yeah. for all the fans, all the listeners that's listening in. I mean, it's so many different things that went into us being a football player that we had to think about that we not not necessarily think about during the game, game. but think about pregame, like so the, it was more before. reaction. So, so it was it, more reaction yeah. when it happened.
2: Yeah. Like you you don't got time like this the TV does not give justice to the speed of the game unless you're on the field. And there's so many people, sponsors, the Chiefs do a great job in normal circumstances, bringing sponsors and other mm-hmm. people, supporters down on the field for pregame warm-up. And there's not one that I've ever met, mixed and mingled, took pictures with, hung out with, chatted, played golf with later down the road at different c- tournaments or charities or something like that that said, oh, my gosh. These guys are bigger than I thought. They're faster. I don't know how you guys survived out there on the field. Mm-hmm. Because it's a different breed. But you can't, you don't have time to think about all that stuff. Nah. But that doesn't mean you don't think about that stuff. You might not think about it at third and two on the goal line. But you th- like to me, I thought about all of it before the game. Like I was already like, I'm I'm thinking about everything that's gonna piss me off more. <laughs> like w- how high, how much pastivity can I get up to? <laughs> yep. To be able to go out on this field on this opening kickoff and try to take somebody's head but
1: off.
3: But being favored by three, underdog by six, favored by ten, did that make you more pissed off or not pissed off? Yeah, because I think coaches use that. Okay, like you for know, me, coaches—it
2: it was little slick little comments, like oh. you know, it walking around the locker room. I can't believe these teams got us underdog. You know, I don't believe this. they think that this team gonna come in here and and beat us in Arrowhead and our stadium, and then they go get some coffee. Like that, like I ain't hear that. Oh, like, right, you know, right. what I mean? <laughs> like like we didn't hear that in the locker room. Like you. Just Gonna walk by and make that mention just to piss me off even more.
1: Yeah, yeah. They, they said they was gonna run all over us this yeah. week. Yeah, but she said our receivers see, that's can't not get an open. underdog thing right, right? now. But th- that's bullet to board material. That's, yeah, that's something that it, it challenges you personally, each and every individual on, on the defense. If if someone said they're gonna run the ball over you, what
2: about? I mean, this is a new breed though. And uh, we can we got a little bit of time where we got a break in this third quarter, but in the fourth quarter, we're gonna talk about the Chiefs Bills matchup and. You know, this little stiff arm that happened last week. Man. That how, That's how y'all used to it get. Was, it was some so small. Man, that's the
3: underdog right there. Yeah, yeah. But we, we're different. Like, okay, yeah. y'all
2: call me older. I'm a different generation than y'all. Y'all are a different generation than this team. And knowing what we know and seeing how the, there's more camaraderie, stuff that goes on on the field with this team, you know, like – do y'all think that these cats think like we think in regards to all this makeup to the game? Like, you know, getting to the game of kickoff are a lot of these things that we're sh- sharing about our experiences. Do you think this new generation has that kind of mindset on this stuff?
1: I think so. I think so. You know, and, and of course it's going to evolve and, and change and be different. Um, I think every single generation has you know, kinda Yeah, they kind they, they they've showed they've they've left something alone in their locker room. And then it somehow, some way evolves and turns into something different for the next generation to come in and to kind of, you know, use that into their routine. So, yeah, it's some things that, that you know, we've done that they continue to do. But I think for the most part, it seems like they have a lot more fun and they go out there and there's no jealousy and guys just want to go out there and make plays and have fun.
2: Well, it's going to be interesting to see how the Chiefs show up and how maybe these little twists and turns and changes of, of schedule affect them. So far, it has not. Andy and everybody said the right things. And I think that's a cool thing because I know for me, it probably would have you know, wrecked me a little bit, just my mindset. But Diva... Yeah, you know, a little bit. Anyway, we got the fourth quarter coming up. Players Only, barbershop in the building. Joe Mays, I'm Danion Hughes. It's fourth quarter. We're going to talk about this Chiefs-Bills matchup. And then uh, Josh Norman, rest in peace. We'll talk about that, too.
0: This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio.
2: All right, we're back. Fourth quarter, Players Only. Joe Mays, Barbershop, Sean Barber, and I'm Daynon Hughes. And before we get into this Chiefs-Bills matchup, I'm excited for myself. I'm excited to be named the 2020 Most Wanted Honoree for Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Over the next few months, I'll be raising as much money as I can for Big Brothers, Big Sisters. If you'd like to support my campaign, text Hughes, that's H-U-G-H-E-S, to 44321 for a great cause at Big Brothers Big Sisters. Would love that support. But guys, we got a matchup this week, and we we ran over in a few of the quarters in this game. Uh, Each quarter is sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. We have Chiefs going up to New York to face Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Thoughts? Uh,
1: You know what? I think, Every single team that I played on, whenever we traveled to Buffalo, it always ended up being a tough game. I, don't I know hate why. playing in
2: Buffalo. I, yeah, I don't it. know
1: why. I think uh, I, mean, I mean, of course, you go up there in the winter; it's crazy cold. But it was just always a tough game. And the fans—they always come out and they show out and they make a ton of noise. But I, Buffalo I th- fans are—they're not as bad as Raider fans, but they're right up there. They're, they're somewhere close. They're very
2: close. Yeah, People sleep close. on that because they way out there in what is it Western New York. They, people don't realize they they get ruthless.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But uh, you know them playing against this build team. This build this is a good team now. Yeah. yeah. And the, and uh, this quarterback is playing really well, and he's leading this offense. And they're doing some things that a lot of people didn't really think that they would do. Um, of course, they lost this past week, so that that's going to add a little little fuel to the fire. But I think they're going to come out and they're going to play this team extremely well. And um, of course, it's going to be a difficult game. And, of course, I've got, I've got to go with the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a hard fought, a hard drawn-out game. And um, the best man is going to win, and that's going to be the Chiefs.
3: Yeah, I think they, they match up kind of in the same way that the Raiders did, actually, with the mm-hmm. – um, uh, instead of having Aguilar and Rugs, they have um, – Brown and then uh, Stefan Diggs was the free agent. They went out and inquired. Uh, definitely deep threats. They got the deep threat speed and they have a quarterback with an arm that can get it uh, 67 yards downfield. So you got to play him top down. Uh, but he does. Um, unfortunately, he's not as um, he's not as polished as his, his as his stats look. Um, Josh Allen does stare down receivers a lot. Mm-hmm. He stares down to one side. He got um, strong arm syndrome. Strong his arm, arm syndrome. <laughs> his arm is so strong that he's gotten away
2: with being able to stare down receivers and throw bullets. Yeah, mm-hmm. and on yeah. the NFL level, that can only work
3: for so long. Yeah, so he, he waits for his receivers to be, to come open instead of reading the defense and taking what the defense is giving you. I'm um, going through your read and your progression of from one to two, two to the checkdown. He'll stay with the one, 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 waiting for that one to break away. And sometimes that allows the uh, the pressure to get to him and it makes him get on his uh, horse and escape the pocket. So, and we're facing some of that ourselves, yeah. right, with uh, Pat Mahomes having to leave the pocket early. Who, um, Mahomes? Patrick, my bad. Oh. His mom said Don't get in Patrick trouble in Mahomes. Here. Oh, he can't um, be called Pat. Yeah, oh. <laughs> leaving the pocket a little bit early and um, having to uh, abandon some of his reads, um, you know, going through his reads a little faster than possible. But uh, one thing I like about Pat, when you hear about him talk about it, he Patrick. always... When I hear about Patrick talking about it, he <laughs> always talks about uh, taking the onus and the responsibility, but when I hear uh, Josh Allen, uh, he doesn't—he doesn't really take the ownership of his of his mistakes, and so I like that as far as an opponent. Uh, because I think you can make him keep making those same mistakes because he, he wants to blame everybody else for uh the interceptions and, and and I mean throwing it throwing it into the flat against cover two, a rolled up corner, uh number That's twenty one for the Titans. Yeah. He, he sat there in the zone. It wasn't man. Malcolm Butler. He, Malcolm Butler, he yep. sat there and looking he threw it right to him. Yeah. Um so he can blame that on anybody he wants to. He can try to say the wide receiver ran the wrong route or read. No, you threw it right to the defender. Yep. Um but he's he's he hasn't developed and he hasn't had the maturity or the confidence as a, a leader of the offense I think to accept some of that responsibility so I'm looking forward to uh, making them pay for that
2: we'll get back on the right trail I think the Chiefs will win this game they're a better team and now they got a jolt of reality with the Raiders coming in here hopefully they can rebound from Kaleche Osemele's injury he was the dog on that offensive line but players only we will be back next week and I believe it'll be after a Chiefs win
0: this is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to
1: secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You
0: bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here.